if you believe that nothing else can wash away your sins but the blood of Jesus, give him a hand of praise. He's worthy. Awesome, God. You are so worthy. Fantastic. Why don't you uh, take a seat? And uh, if they haven't already been dismissed, uh, kids and youth, uh, feel free to uh, head on out for uh, children's, uh, for kids church as well as uh, impact mornings. So good. Wow. I know about you, but uh, the uh, presence of God was pretty strong up here on the stage as that was all happening. And um, I believe that God is going to continue to move throughout this service. And uh, I just felt like uh, uh, a word for, for some people that maybe, maybe you were walking with God in a very, very close and intimate way at one time. Or maybe you may have even been serving Him in, uh, in some type of specific ministry. And for some, uh, some reason or another, things have kind of, you've maybe felt like you've drifted away or you've fallen away. And I just really feel like God is saying that, uh, that you're about to get your second wind, that God hasn't finished with you. And the picture I got is with Samson. So Samson was a mighty leader that was used powerfully by God. But because of poor choices, he lost his anointing. He lost his vision and he lost his strength. But what happened was what the enemy didn't know was even though they cut his hair, they took out his eyes and they bound him in prison to a grinding mill. That the Bible says that as he is walking around, pushing against this resistance, his hair was growing again and he was actually getting stronger as a result of that. And in the end, the Bible says that he was more effective and more fruitful and more productive in the latter part than it was in the earlier. And I just feel like for someone, this is your word, that maybe God used you mightily before. God hasn't finished with you. Everything you have gone through is just resistance to get you stronger. And I declare that your hair is growing back. I declare that God is gonna give you fresh vision and He has not finished with you. So if that is for you, right where you are, why don't you lift your hands? Because I believe that when you hear a word like that and something leaps inside of you, you need to claim that. So Father, I just declare for every single person with their hand raised, Lord God, that the word of the Lord for them is, it is not finished yet. It is not over until He says it's over. And anything that God has done before, he can do it even greater in these latter stages of your life. So I believe and declare this, Father. I thank you, Lord God, that prophetically, Lord God, their hair is growing again. Strength is coming back again. Their vision is coming back again. And I declare, Lord God, that they would be fruitful, more productive, Lord God, in this stage of their life than in any other time before. And I just thank you, Lord God, that there would be greater intimacy with you, Lord God that that feeling that they felt when they first made a decision to follow you, that that would be multiplied even more, Lord God, that they would experience the joy of their salvation once again. I speak it over them and I declare it in the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Hey, why don't you uh, thank our worship team? Doing a great job. Awesome. Well, how are you all? <laughs> so good. Pastor Ben, now, 
please pray for Pastor Ben. Uh, I was feeling for him last night. So you may not know, uh, maybe if you follow Rugby League or Rugby Union, there were two very, very big games on last night. And uh, I felt for Pastor Ben because Australia played Tonga in the Rugby League. And as you may know, Pastor Ben is Tongan Australian. So his father is Tongan, his mother is Australian. So I was thinking, is he confused or conflicted? You know, does he celebrate or does he commiserate? You know, does he cry or laugh? You know, in the end, uh, Tonga did win. So that was a, that was a momentous occasion. Um, KFC buckets all around after the service, no. But uh, so, yeah, spare a thought. And also... Uh, there is no confusion about who won the Rugby World Cup in Japan. Any South Africans here? Come on. South Africa, well done, well done. And uh, any Aussie or English supporters, there's always the cricket. So uh, don't worry about it. Cricket season is nearly upon us. So, uh, hey, uh, we're in a series called The Essentials. And uh, Pastor Ben has uh, been speaking about the pillars of faith, the waters of baptism, and um, I want to continue that uh, today with this message. But how many of you know that even if we have been in church and following God for a while, that it is, it is always great to revise sometimes over some of our foundational beliefs, our core beliefs, what we, what we truly believe and stand, uh, stand for. And so this whole series uh, kind of looks at all of these fundamental, foundational principles and beliefs that we have as Christians. And so uh, today's message is entitled, The Gospel and Handheld Devices. The Gospel and Handheld Devices. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you, Lord God, that you are go- you've already done amazing things, but I just thank you for even greater, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, that you would continue to move amongst your people. Move in us today and move through us, Lord God. Have your way, Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Now, the following words and sentences may contain pop culture references used to unfold the greatest story ever told just in a different format. Now, this is some spoken word poetry. Now, go with me. No, it ain't hip-hop rap, but more like a special public service announcement like slip, slop, slap me if this ain't relevant. I'll wax eloquent while I assault you with this verbal vent. Lean in, let it hit you like a Kanye West mixture, invading culture with scripture, turning negative into a positive picture. Because while the methodology changes, the message remains ageless. See, God and man were separated by sin. So God became man to reconcile us to him. Through faith, hope, love, yet this one thing remained. You see, while culture evolved, this truth never changed. Did you know God didn't send us a selfie because he sent us himself? See, our problem is sin. When it came in, mankind combined into twine turned blind under a tsunami of epic fails. God's solution, one son, two timbers, three nails. The result, grace. Unmerited favor, despite my behavior. You see, I needed a savior, true, yes, I needed a tailor to swiftly cut and alter this ego. 
which is when he came, let me know. He paid the loss for the cost like a boss so I could shake it off, do the floss. <laughs> so I'm grateful for everything that grace took, a false identity based on status or how many likes I get on Facebook. See, I'd been to and fro and didn't know where I was going. Here, there, then back again, trying to keep up like some Kardashian. Partied hard, then back to church, slip on my mask again. Faking like a performer, changing like a transformer. Evil Decepticon like Megatron, but living mega wrong. Mm. Until I heard his song. Amazing grace, he took my place and hung on Calvary's tree leaving behind the 99 to find and rescue me. With a love so unstoppable, he ran out to this prodigal and covered my mess with his righteousness. Yes, I'm blessed to discover my true worth through this new birth. But I did detour through Middle Earth. Let me explain. So I told Sam, be wise, tell Frodo and Smeagol, let it go, bro, that's illegal. Your obsession with bling, do you mean my precious is a ring? So they told me, one ring to rule them all, one ring to find them, one ring to bring them all, and in the darkness bind them. So I told them, one king took the fall, the hordes of hell entwined him. The king of kings crushed them all, left an empty tomb behind him. You see, more than the Lord of the Rings, he's the Lord of all things, all power, authority, dominion, creator of every single one of Earth's seven billion. So the reason for this recital is to spark a revival so you can go gyral. I said gyral. That's when this gospel goes viral. Out to the masses we're sending, his love never ending, hashtag John 316, always trending. But more than a hashtag, catchphrase, clever quotes, a tweet, play of the day coming your way, highlight of the week, this is the greatest story ever told. Because his is the greatest glory to unfold. So go ahead, be bold. Now I know it might sound cold, frozen even, but the answer is still no in any season. I don't want to build a snowman, so please just let it go, man. Let it go. No. Go find somebody else, sir. And tell them about him. Him who is one truth, one life, one way. One light more bright than 50 shades of grey. One sound more profound than any beats by Dre. One man, one plan, carry all our sins away. Up on his shoulders, surrounded by soldiers, casting lots for his garment, fulfilled every commandment. Not a single Lord diminished when he declared, it is finished. But it wasn't over. Because you can't stop Jehovah. Jireh, no one higher than Messiah. Three days later, he got up with resurrection fire because death couldn't detain him. The grave couldn't contain him and all hell couldn't restrain him. So today and tonight, when we unite and ignite, our hearts are blazed by the Holy Ghost, spreading His love up and down this golden coast, from Coolangatta up to Pimpamar, both near and far. So let me tell you that there is only one true King of Kings. Amen.
Thank you very much. Oh, you're too kind. Sit down. Sit down. You're too kind. <laughs> you're too kind. Thank you. Now, that is some spoken word poetry, but because I am a big brown islander, I call it broetry. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, sometimes this gospel message that maybe uh, we have become so familiar with and so used to hearing all the time, uh, presented in another way, another medium, uh, in another forum, you know, can help us to understand again what God has truly done for us. This song, nothing but the blood of Jesus, what can wash away my sins, nothing but the blood of Jesus. May we never ever become familiar with this gospel message. May, may we never ever lose our wow factor, our open-eyed wonder about what God has done for us. Amen. So uh, if you have your Bibles, let me just, uh, I better give you a scripture. And this is in Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. And I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. Romans chapter 5, verses 6 to 11. And it says this. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. Amen. For while we were still sinners, his enemies, for, while, for since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Let me just highlight once again, verse 8. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. While we were still sinners. So the actual term gospel it comes from a Greek word, uh, euangelios, and it's basically where we get our word evangelist from or evangelism. And it is basically the pronouncement or the broadcasting of good news. How many of you know in this age of fake news, the gospel is still good news and that, and that God is proclaiming this good news? Now, you may be wondering what the gospel is if you didn't pick up anything in that spoken word poem that I just delivered, but let me just give you something to be reminded of, and uh, I like to say that the gospel is this, God's only son paid for every life. God's only son paid for every life. He paid for every single life, past, present, future, he paid. Because we are told that in the book of Romans that our debt, our spiritual bankruptcy came through the disobedience of one man, and that is Adam. But that our payment, the solution, that our debt was cleared through the obedience of the last Adam or the second Adam, and that is Jesus Christ himself. So he has paid everything that was required under God's law 
in order to redeem us, to buy us back. Now, one of the books in the Bible that I love that uh, actually demonstrates this better than any is the book of Hosea. Now, you may know Hosea was a prophet in the nation of Israel in the northern kingdom. And he was a prophet during probably one of the most wicked and depraved times of that country's, uh, that nation's history. Um, the, uh, the entire nation had fallen away from God. They had begun to worship false idols. And it is in this time that God gives Hosea this instruction. He says, I want you to marry a woman, but not just any woman. I want you to marry a prostitute. Now, Hosea is a prophet, and in those times, God used the prophets to illustrate the message that he was broadcasting across the entire nation. So Hosea obediently goes, and he marries this woman named Goma, and she is, in fact, a prostitute. And so anyway, they, uh, they get married, and life continues, and they have not just one, not just two, but they actually have three kids. They have three kids, and then the, uh, the unimaginable happens. Goma goes missing and she literally leaves. She leaves, um, she leaves Hosea and she goes back to her former life. And the Bible talks about that she goes back to her former lovers and God tells Hosea, go and find your wife and love her again. Now, how many of you know that is a challenging word of God? Sometimes we say, give me a word from the Lord. Maybe you don't want that word. But Hosea, he is so committed to what God is saying that he goes and he does it. And he finds her in this place where people like that, uh, you know, pretty much like a brothel. And he literally buys her back. Now, she isn't just released she isn't just released just because they might have a certificate of marriage, just because he can prove that she, he is her husband. But whoever is keeping her captive has basically said, if you want her, even if she is your wife, this is the price. It is 15 pieces of silver and some other products. So they used to trade. So Homer, uh, Hosea literally has to pay for her with his own goods, and he buys back what is already technically his. And God is saying through their marriage, he is saying, Israel is mine. Israel is mine. And even though you have gone and prostituted yourselves with the other nations and worshipped other gods, but I am buying you back. I am buying you back. And this is ultimately fulfilled in Christ, that Christ reaches all the way back to the fall of the Garden of Eden and then reaches all the way forward to the finale in the Valley of Armageddon and every single human life, past, present, future, the billions and the billions of people that ever lived and every single one of their sins that came at a price, Jesus Christ paid it all. He paid for it. He paid for every single one of them. And if you look at when he was here on earth and the people that he interacted with and the people that he redeemed, the people that he was drawing back into himself, you would question, what kind of people are these? So one of these people happens to be a guy who is living in the cemetery. He is known as the demoniac because he literally has a legion of demons possessing him. And Jesus buys him back. 
There is a woman who is caught in the very act of committing adultery and Jesus buys her back. There is this chief tax collector who is an Israelite, but he is working for the Roman Empire to rip off his own people. And he is hated and despised and he is a crook and Jesus buys him back. And there is this woman There is this woman from Samaria and she is an outcast and she is someone that has had five marriages fall apart on her. And so the sixth man that she meets doesn't even respect her enough to marry her. He just says, let's just live together because he totally diminishes her value based on her history. And watch what Jesus does. Jesus comes and he waits for her. He goes out of his way to stop and he waits for her. Now, seriously, Jesus has three and a half years to change the course of human history. He doesn't have time to be waiting for anyone. And here we have him waiting for this person. Who is he waiting for? He's waiting for a woman. He's waiting for a Samaritan. He's waiting for a divorcee. And he's waiting for someone who is living in sin. And I believe that some of you have come tonight and maybe you have disqualified yourself. I want to tell you that the good news is God's waiting for you still. He is waiting for you still. And maybe in your mind, you have gone through your list of sins and offenses and everything you have done from your history. And you've said, this disqualifies me. This disqualifies me. This disqualifies me. The good news is that Jesus still waits for us. And he is waiting right now. And you may have stumbled in. You may have come with a friend. You may have been invited. But I want to tell you, your arrival was no surprise to God. He was waiting for you. He was waiting for you. And so the question has to be asked. If Jesus really did pay for it all, if he did pay for every single human life, the billions and billions of lives from the beginning of time all the way to the end of the time, how did he do it? How did he pay for it? I'm glad you asked. (laughs) Now, my dad grew up in a small village in Tonga, and I visited this village uh, a few years back, and, um, you know, maybe they've got, maybe they'd be lucky to have a couple of hundred people in this village, But uh, I knew that he grew up in a time when after electricity hit this village, they had one phone for this entire community, one telephone. And I actually went uh, to this village and um, I went and there's kind of like this community centre and and I was actually in there talking with people when the phone rang. And because not everyone has phones in this village, whoever was there picked it up and said, who do you want? Okay, let me just they called one of the kids to run to the home of that person to come and to answer this call. So my dad grew up in a village where in a community of people, there was one telephone, there was one community phone. Now, I was born in Tonga, but I was raised in Australia. And a few years after we arrived, I remember when we, uh, we got our first telephone and it was called a landline. You, anyone still remember landlines? Now, this is for millennials. You know, these phones were attached to the wall. This phone in particular that we had. Now, it was attached to our kitchen slash dining area. And that meant 
uh, that if you wanted to talk to a friend or, you know, talk to someone you were maybe trying to court, not me, but my brother, um, that it had a long cord that you had to sort of wrap around in the corner to get a little bit of privacy because that was like a public place where the family were. And so you couldn't kind of go anywhere because you were limited to the fact that this phone was fixed to the wall. And so while my dad had one community phone in his village and uh, I grew up in a house where we had one landline for the family, my son, who just turned 14 yesterday, he now walks around with this handheld device in his pocket that literally he has almost like the sum total of human knowledge. He has it within the convenience of his palm. So in, in, two, in, in two or three short generations, we've gone from one for the community, one for the family, to this kid is walking around, and when his phone isn't confiscated for bad behaviour, he's walking around with this handheld device, and he can pop it in his pocket, he could go out with his mates, and he has the convenience of that. Now, I don't know if uh, any of you have, a, uh, have one of these who has a handheld device? Who has a handheld device here? So, uh, oh, I'm getting messages from people while I'm preaching. Um, so, these are awesome. I don't know if you've seen the, the latest iPhone 11 Pro, but it is a beautifully engineered uh, piece of work. It is uh, made from, from pretty impressive steel. It is dustproof. It is waterproof. It has like this fancy camera with kind of three... I don't know, kind of lenses type thing. It's, uh, it has a long-lasting battery. I think it's five hours longer. It has all of the other conveniences and all of this stuff. But, but these handheld devices are super convenient. They're awesome. They are an amazing tool. And uh, unlike my father or myself growing up, we don't sort of have to wait around or anything like that. We don't have to be fixed in one place. Uh, because of these handheld devices, we can actually just walk around and, and, uh, and multitask and do all these other things while we have these. Now, the thing I want to suggest to you is that how did Jesus save all of us, all of humanity? How did he pay for all of us? Would you be surprised if I told you that he did it with a handheld device? It was literally the first handheld device in human history. And I'm not talking about those earlier Nokias that look like bricks, that you almost needed a backpack to carry around. And the only game that was on it was that snake game that used to annoy everyone. I'm talking about even further back than that, that there is a handheld device that Jesus used to pay for the price of all humanity. Because you know now, you don't even need cash or credit cards. If you've got all of your details on your phone, you can just tap and go. You don't even have to pull out any cards or cash or anything. So you can pay with your handheld device. Well, let me tell you, that's exactly what Jesus did. And he paid with this handheld device. That's the handheld device that he used. That is the device that held his hands in place 
so that he could pay for the debt of all humanity. This handheld device may not necessarily have any apps on it. It may not necessarily have all of the other conveniences. But this crude replica, Roman, cold, hard nail was the device that held the hands in place of the creator of the universe. God left heaven through his son and entered earth in order to make a payment that no one else could ever make. And he made it using this handheld device. No one else could ever do it. Past, present or future. So every single one of us can rest in the assurance that your debt, what you owe because of your sin, because of negative choices, your lifestyle, all of that stuff, it was paid for using this handheld device. And so here's the thing. Jesus has done his part. The Bible says, John 3, 16, for whosoever, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that for whosoever, whosoever will believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. That means that God made this payment with his son without even the guarantee that every single person would take him up on this offer that he would pay for their debt. So he willingly did it. And that scripture that we read in Romans is literally saying that some people might die for someone who's worth dying for a good person or a righteous person. But God demonstrates his love in that when we were at our very worst, God sent his very best. When we were at our absolute depraved and decadent worst, God sent the darling of heaven and bankrupted heaven in order to make this payment. And so my question is, have you received that payment? Because friends, I need to tell you that one day the Bible says that it is appointed unto every person that after this life there is the judgment. There is a time where we will stand face to face. And the question is going to be, have you paid? Have you paid? And everything that we have attempted to do in our own efforts and in our own good works is always going to be insufficient funds. Our good works will not do it. But if we receive and accept him, and if we accept the payment that he has made, then it will be cleared. And so I want to just ask in this moment, if everyone could just bow their heads and close their eyes. And maybe you've even been coming to church for years, but you know in your heart, you've never actually made a confession of faith, a decision to intentionally and deliberately ask Christ into your life and receive the payment that was made for you. Or maybe you're visiting here today and maybe you've never heard the gospel in this way, but this is the good news. God's only son paid for every life and that includes yours so all across this building
If you want to receive that payment and you want to ask Christ into your life, can I just ask with every head bowed and every eye closed, can you just lift your hand? Because we're going to make that transaction right now, wherever you are, wherever you are. Just lift your hand. Awesome. Maybe you once walked closely with Jesus, but maybe it came to a point where you kind of drifted away and maybe this marks the first day that you are returning back, you are coming back to him. Can I ask you also to lift your hand and I'm just going to pray and believe that this is going to be the start of a new day for you. Awesome. Awesome. Friends, why don't we stand to our feet? And why don't don't we just all join in this prayer? Why don't you pray with me? Father God, I just thank you that today is a new day. It is a new beginning, Lord God, for your people. Father God, I just thank you for the payment that was made on our behalf. A debt that we owed, but we had no means to pay. But I thank you, Jesus, that you made that payment for us. I thank you for the gift of salvation. I thank you, Lord God, for the handheld device that purchased our freedom, our eternity with you and our salvation. And so, Father, I just thank you that as we come into this time where we worship you again, change us, Lord God. Help us to see with fresh eyes again, Lord God, the amazing grace that we have been saved by. Father, bless your people. I just thank you, Lord God, for this new life, Lord God, people making decisions to be water baptized. I thank you that you will bless them and their families. And Father, I just thank you for every single person who is feeling like, even though they may not have been close to you or, or has done something for you previously, but that it isn't over. And I thank you for this second wind, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, for a fresh anointing, for fresh strength and fresh vision coming back into their lives again. And so, Father, I thank you for what you have done, what you are doing in us and what you're about to do. And in Jesus' name, we give you all the glory and praise. And if you believe it, say amen.